Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, whenever you find a way to watch or listen to this podcast. It's me, Omar, from the from the Hardware Podcast and the Between the Stripes Podcast Network. And joining me as a guest. Um, the first time I've had any anyone UTEP related on this podcast. I mean, it's crazy it took so long, a year living out here in El Paso to get someone to talk about the minors, but I'm excited to have uh Zay Galindo who runs a UTEP Zay account. Uh, we're gonna talk about just weeknight CUSA, weeknight CUSA games and uh conference realignment. So Zay, before we start, uh, do you want to share your background? Anything else you want to you know share with the, the audience? Um, well, you know, I'm in high school and uh, I, I landed a, a job with 600 ESP in El Paso, and you know, I'm just a huge UTEP fan, so uh, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on too. I mean, the first thought, like I said, the first UTEP voice I've had on the podcast, uh, become a UTEP fan myself, just uh, living in here, living down here in El Paso, being stationed in Fort Bliss. So I'm excited just to have this discussion, just learn more about the program and just uh, kind of learn more about the pulse of, of the of the people that root for this program. Um, so yeah, like I said, the first topic, uh, Conference USA night game. So before we really talk about the games themselves, what are your thoughts for like the midweek Conference USA games? Do you think it's an overall plus for UTEP? Or do you think it hurts the program in the long run? Well, you know, if you're trying to bring out fans, you know, obviously it's going to be a big minus, right? You know, trying to drive out from maybe the Far East El Paso on, on a weeknight to watch UTEP, it's tough. You're already struggling to get fans over to the Sumble, and, you know, that really sets UTEP back a lot. Um, you know, it's only a couple home games that are going to be on, on a weeknight, but it's still it, – it's rough for the fans, you know, obviously from a money standpoint, it does benefit UTEP a lot, you know, trying to – and then you can pitch it to the JUCO guys, you know, on a Wednesday night, hey, we're going to be on national TV, nothing else is on. So I think it, it's a plus and a minus. So I think for fans, it's a it's a big minus. But for, for UTEP as a whole, I think it could, it could benefit them in the long run. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, it's good for exposure, but I feel like these games would be more of a plus if, this con- if the conference is more geographically compact. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't lie that it's going to be hard for the student athletes to, you know, make a, a midweek trip. And I guess I guess it works out this year because the FIU game where they have to travel to Miami on a Wednesday night is coming off a of bye week. So that definitely helps. But in other years, I'm not sure the program would be that lucky uh, to have that happen. And that I guess that's just a side effect of a conference like Conference USA. But I do agree that the exposure is great for sure for uh, for the program. And definitely, I think the payout reflected it where the payout per school for the new uh, Conference USA TV deal was increased was doing my research today for my piece it's up to eight hundred thousand dollars per school i'm not sure what it was beforehand but i can't imagine it was even close to being that high um just after everything that's happened yeah yeah it was it was pretty low you know so when they when they got that new media deal getting rid of conference usa tv i know this isn't football related but that's that's big too you know conference usa tv it's i think it's about uh ten dollars a month and it's just it's it's student ran and it's just not that good all in all so I think a lot of fans, a lot of minor fans at first were kind of upset with the new TV deal, but I think they've grown to it's kind of accept it. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, in terms of condensing content. Uh, earlier, our last week, uh, the Colonial Athletic excuse me, the Colonial Athletic Association uh, recently released their, um, their TV deal. They extended with Flow Sports. And the thing is, is like a lot of sports fans probably have, you know, whether it be Hulu, you know, Hulu Live TV or YouTube TV or just ESPN Plus in general, having to get another $30 added to, a, you know, to pay for Flow Sports to watch your favorite Colonial Athletic Association school. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely a burden, honestly, adding the streaming service. So just to condense it and put everything on ESPN Plus, all the games that won't be on CBS Sports Network, that won't be on the ESPN Linear Networks is definitely a plus, a plus for the program. 
Yeah, it's definitely a plus for the program and for the fans. So uh, at first I was a little like, I wasn't shocked. I was a little disappointed with the TV deal, you know, weeknight games. It really doesn't sound all that amazing, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of going towards, Hey, this isn't, this isn't that bad. For sure. And I mean, with the eyes of the country on a lot of these games, you know, I mean, America's a, a, a college football hungry, um, you know, nation. I mean, anytime action comes on or we're getting close to action, the countdown sort of comes. So now we have a countdown to the, you know, to action that actually has football. So again, I, I mean, I'm excited for it. I just hope it works out for the student athletes in the, in the long run, um, just academically uh, looking at the schedule. So the first game, uh, I like a lot of people, uh, the elephant in, in the room for a lot of people, a lot of UTEP and New Mexico State fans is that October 18th game, which we'll get to in a second. But I'm fascinated with the uh, September 29th game against Louisiana Tech weeknight uh, against the Bulldogs. Do you think that and at the Sun Bowl, do you think that one is kind of has some spice to it? You know, with uh, Louisiana Tech being a longtime conference, I guess, relatively longtime conference mate of, uh, of UTEP and also a former WAC conference mate. Yeah, you know, at this point, you know, excluding NMSU, Louisiana Tech is probably the the school that a lot of UTEP fans know. You know, they've been the conference with them for a while, and you know, with Bachmeyer going into that team, and they got the coldest Crawford, I think. They they're just they they really got stacked in the transfer portal, so it's going to be a fun game. You know, um, a couple of years ago, that was that was the game that UTEP that really put UTEP on the map in that in that bowl eligible season. When they went, they went, they were four and one at that point. They beat Louisiana Tech. That was like, hey, we got over the big dogs, even though they weren't that good that year. It was still a big win for the program. And, you know, last year they had an absolute thriller. And uh, I just think, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. Um, I don't know how UTEP's going to respond to to that kind of air raid offense that they have over there. They kind of struggled with it last year, but I think that'll be a good way to kick off, not, you know, kick off the season. We'll see where UTEP is at at that point. So, yeah, I'm excited for that matchup. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited too. And again, like Louisiana Tech was pretty consistent before uh, Skip Holtz left for the US. Or sorry, before they chased off Skip Holtz and then he left for the USFL. So definitely a fascinating one on a Friday night. You know, great thing, fun fun things happen on Friday nights at the Sun Bowls. You saw the Boise State game, yeah, a game that I attended. Um, you know, very very uh, excited for that one as well. Uh, on the the elephant in the room now, the uh, New Mexico State game, October 18th, uh, the hundredth meeting on national TV. This is probably a stage this rivalry has never gotten. Uh, so I guess your initial thoughts on the, on the the battle of I-10 being played on a Wednesday night in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's it's awkward, right? It's an awkward it's an awkward time and place to have uh the rivalry game that really brings out, you know, it's usually UTEP's most attended game, but you know, at first I was like there's no way they're going to put on a weekday and it, it's fine they did and it was like okay well that's tough right you're not going to really be able to get out you know that's that's the money maker for UTEP you're not going to be able to get out you know probably depending on how they're doing but you're probably not going to get over 20,000 that game and you know it, it it's it sucks because you know it's a rivalry game and the athletes you know they get excited for it you want to bring out your whole friend group and everything you're not going to be able to do that but at the same time you're going to be able to broadcast that on national television, show the rest of America that, hey, this is a fun rivalry. You know, the, both the teams are historically, they're not that good. So this game really means a lot to both teams and both schools. So, you know, obviously, again, it comes with there's a plus and there's a minus to it. But um, I'm overall excited for this. It kind of sucks that this is going to be played in El Paso. You know, I, I love it when they go back and forth. I love Las Cruces. It's a great, it's a great atmosphere over there. But, you know... 
I'm, I'm not against it. You know, I'm, I'm not like other minor fans. I'm kind of excited for this. Just showing the rest of the, uh, showing the rest of the college football world. Hey, this is going to be a fun rivalry. Yeah, and I totally agree. And um, I guess like with my next question, this is like, would you like to see the game being played, you know, potentially, you know, in November, late November? I think the only meeting, like, as I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, the only meeting and honestly, looks like the last 50 or so years. Yeah, the last, well, actually almost 60 years. The last game to be played in November was that 2019 meeting, which was played the, you know, penultimate week of the season on November 23rd, 2019. Would you like to see the rivalry game being played later on in the season? sort of get that kind of rivalry week treatment i would i'd love to i'd love to have it played in november thanksgiving kind of but at the same time when when, the, when that game was played it was during the uh the thanks or the christmas parade actually el paso has the christmas parade pretty early so it was uh i, I didn't go to that game i didn't go there i was at the christmas parade but uh you know, maybe a little, maybe a week earlier than that. That would be great. That would be a great time to have that game just right before rivalry week and just all around. It would be a great atmosphere, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I mean, and while Thanksgiving weekend is um is FBS rivalry week, uh, FCS rivalry week is a week before that. So, I mean, it would be like alongside like Harvard, Yale, Lafayette, Lehigh, uh, the Brawl of the Wild, Montana, Montana State. So, you know, definitely would be a good place for that rivalry as well. Kind of like an appetizer for rivalry week. Yeah, yeah, it would be great. You know, it's a fun rivalry, right? You know, especially with NMSU, they they went bowl eligible, won a bowl this year after that that rough start. You know, this is gonna be a fun one. You know, Pavia coming back to El Paso. You know, he where he you know last play of the game, Wallace said strips him. That's that's definitely in the back of his mind, right? It's it's a rivalry game you lost and trying to go out there and get revenge. And this modern team trying to prove themselves. So I'm excited for that game. It's probably the most anticipated one in a while. You know, both teams are actually going to be, you know, they have some high expectations on them. So I'm excited for that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it sounds like, sound like a broken record, you know, to talk about my excitement for that one. Uh, now, on to the last two games we haven't talked about, October 11th at FIU, which, you know, I briefly mentioned, but also at Sam Houston State. Do you have anything, I guess, to say about those games? Are they just kind of like, you know, just, I guess, just Conference USA games. Like, it's hard, like, to get up for them because, like, they're just, you know, Sam Houston's a new program and FIU's just far away. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of tough at a fan standpoint just looking at it. That Something you can get excited, though, for, for Sam Houston State Matavius Workman, he was a, one of the best Jugo receivers this year. He committed to Sam Houston State. Uh, he actually started his career off at UTEP, actually at in El Paso, his high school. He went to Chapin, so kind of a rivalry game for him. That that could excite a couple of fans, but you know the FIU game, it's just it's not that exciting. You know, as a fan trying to get somebody to to watch that, or you know, just in general, it's tough to convince them, right? It's tough to convince you know a a fifty year old minor fan who was used to the BYUs and the San Diego States and stuff like that. They, they don't really care about Florida International. So, yeah, it, it's not that exciting from from maybe just someone who's looking at the program from the outside. But uh, for me, I'm excited. FIU brought in a, a good recruiting class this year. I think it was the best in, in the new conference, USA. would say. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that game for sure. And, I mean, I will say this, like, FIU does look to be on the uh, on the come up. Mike McIntyre did a great turnaround job at San Jose State 10 years ago, and even at Colorado before, uh, before he was fired, you know, the 2016 Colorado team that made the Pac-12 title game. So I'm confident that McIntyre will have that team up and running in no time. 
Uh, it does hurt, though. They lost Tyrese Chambers, you know, who was a, a Bolitnikov sleeper in 2021, struggled a bit in uh, 2022 through no fault of his own. The uh, quarterback play at FIU is kind of has left much to be desired at times. But um, but yeah, I did not know about the recruiting class. I mean, I guess I guess that that state of Miami is is working a little bit for uh, for FIU. Yeah, you know, um, they brought in a, a good uh, a good quarterback. I forgot his name off the top off the top of my head, but I know that at one time he was committed to Auburn. So you know, it, it's it's really good. They're they're really working that Florida pipeline. But at the same time, they brought in some good high level transfers, and that's just an exciting team in conference USA. You know, like you said, they're on the come up. But uh, we'll see how they perform this year because, you know, when they came to El Paso, I was expecting it to be a closer game. I actually expected Florida International to win that one. And UTEP just came out. You know, they, they dominated. So uh, it'll be an exciting game for sure. Yeah, I mean, you're right about FIU this past game. I thought it would have been closer. I mean, they did beat New Mexico State in Las Cruces last year. I was also kind of glad, though, that UTEP had the start that they did since it was, like, so cold at that game. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it was. Yeah. You know, I was able to leave at halftime. I mean, I, I wanted to stay the whole game. My girlfriend wanted to wanted to leave. So, um, you know, I, I guess it, it all worked out for all parties. But, um, you know, you mentioned BYU and uh, San Diego State earlier, and I think that's a good segue to our, to our next topic. Um, in terms of conference realignment with the San Diego State and SMU, uh, you know, the George Klyavkov, the uh, commissioner for um, for the Pac-12, visited both schools. Um, there looks like they're going to the next step in voting for admitting these schools. But today, the Pac-12's Twitter account posted kind of a subliminal message, yeah. um, kind of a non-statement in a statement. So I guess your thoughts, if, uh, if San Diego State ends up leaving the Mountain West, of course, I guess how good of a candidate is UTEP um, to, to fill that hole? Well, yeah, like you said, like you said, you know, UTEP, they could possibly fall in love with UTEP, right? You know, just looking at it, it works from a from a geographic standpoint. Obviously, it's right here. You're not really adding much of a market, right? El Paso, it's a big place, you know, but it's not the it's not the greatest market in the world. But at the same time, you're adding Texas in a sense. And um, you know, just looking at it from from old conference rivalries, right? You're getting back Fresno State, you're getting back Colorado State. And for, for, for the Mountain West, you know, they're looking at UTEP, they're like, eh, but UTEP's looking at the Mountain West like, please, right, please, you know, that would do wonders to, to football attendance, basketball attendance, so the pitch that, you know, UTEP would have to make is, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're on the come up, we just need a chance, but uh, I don't know, it's going to be tough, it'll be tough for UTEP to, to even try and convince the Mountain West that they're, they're a candidate. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with that. And I think, I think um, there's really two, I think, paths where uh, the Mountain West adds UTEP or they just stay pat. I don't think, I think UTEP is one of the only candidates there is out there at the moment. UTEP and New Mexico State, for that matter, um, are the only candidates out there. But I think, like, you look at the big sky, like Montana has said that they're staying FBS for the time being. Uh, it's kind of like the same thing with like North Dakota State. When it always comes around about North Dakota State, you know, in the Mountain West and everything, it's like, do North does North Dakota State want to go FBS? I think they're in a spot that just fine, like going to the F- FCS title game like every year or every two years, you know. So it's like it's kind of like where the options are thin, just being a Western conference. Um, but I, I don't think UTEP is a bad option, to be honest with you. And of course, like the natural rivalries, like they definitely do exist, you know um it, it's just kind of awkward though Hawaii makes things awkward I mean you know with uh, them being a football only member because like 
you know, if San Diego State leaves, you're at 10 full members, but 11 football members. So it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, you know, it, it's a, it is weird, you know, Hawaii and everything. But like you said, you know, it, it's better than traveling to Atlanta every year or maybe somewhere, somewhere, you know, in, in the East America, or the, more like the South, right? UTEP really doesn't really want to travel, you know, to Miami every year and stuff like that. So, you know, Hawaii is, is, it makes things tough, but at the same time, you know, UTEP would look past that easy in a second, you know, um, in a heartbeat, right? UTEP would, would love to be in the Mountain West. The fans would love it. it. It just comes down to the fact that, hey, is the Mountain West really, do they really want UTEP? Do they want this program? And at this point, I don't I don't think that, that UTEP would be a take for the Mountain West. Yeah, I know. We, we can only hope. I mean, I guess like if this adds anything to it, you know, I'm a huge bowl guy. Uh, UTEP is a very good travel, uh, you know, travel partner for two of the bowl games that the Mountain West goes to the New, the New Mexico Bowl, of course, and the Arizona Bowl, which they've never appeared in, which I think I'm pretty sure that conference USA partnered with the Arizona Bowl in 2015 for the reason of getting UTEP to that bowl game before <laughs> they couldn't fill their their tie ins in 2015. But uh, that's that's a different story for another time. Yeah, you know, UTEP, UTEP does travel well, you know, obviously Albuquerque is right there and the Arizona Bowl right there. I'm saying right there, they're both like four to six hours away. But, you know, for, for personnel passes, that's that's an easy trip if you're going to watch UTEP possibly win the first bowl game in over, oh, I don't even know, 60 years at this point. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, it, it brings back, you know, the, the, the old rivalries between, like I said, Colorado State and, you know, obviously the New Mexico rivalry is probably the biggest one, you know, that'd be fun. And then when it comes to basketball, I think that's where they would benefit the most. I think UTEP would, would love to be in Mount West as a basketball school, especially, you know, I know they play late. They play at 9 p.m. at sometimes the Mount West does, but that the Don Haskins Center would be filled in night in, night out, even if UTEP was mediocre in the Mount West, just because they're, they're playing, you know, the teams that everybody grew up watching. You know, most of the minor fans that go to the game, they grew up watching UTEP versus um, Fresno State, UTEP versus Wyoming. You know, they, they grew up watching those. So I think I think that's where UTEP would benefit the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. You know, it's it's kind of like there's like two schools of conference alignment where it's like you're trying to, you know, expand and like expand, expand into markets. And then other schools were just trying to condense things and just get back to, you know, your roots. So it would be so refreshing for them to do that. And then I guess on the basketball, too, it's like comparing Conference USA to the Mountain West. Like, I guess, do you think Conference USA has potential to be a, a – I guess a consistent multi-bid conference. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people are really banking on New Mexico State, you know, being, you know, you know, I guess an at-large potential team. But that, as the situation unfolds, you know, it, it's it's very it's very hard to imagine that happening, like in the near future, I guess. And then, of course, Western Kentucky has been on the outside looking in a couple of, of times, but they're they're more they're more of I guess a lesser-known commodity to the country and to. Um, I mean, sure, I was going to say, like, it's not really voters, but I guess, uh, I guess, I guess it's not as, they're not as, like, RPI and, like, net rating friendly, you know, as, as other mid-majors. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you're, you're completely right. You know, uh, I don't think the, I don't think the new Conference USA will have any chance of being a two-bid league. You know, historically, Conference USA, you know, the past couple of years, it's been a really strong conference, like, really strong basketball conference. And you'd think, you know, at, at some point, they would have had a two-bid league, but I think it's been, you know, the last one was in 2010 when it was Southern Miss and Memphis. That's the last time they had a two-bid lead and a league, and both of those teams are gone now. So you're banking on this year to be the, the, the only time that Conference USA will be a two-bid 
two-bid league because, you know, like you said, the whole New Mexico State situation, that's they're probably not going to be competing for a, for a, com- or a tournament spot anytime soon. And then, you know, Conference USA will be – Solid. It'll be a solid conference when it comes to basketball, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near a two-bit league. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. I think, like, the thing, too, is, like, mentioning Western Kentucky and New Mexico State is, like, they get all the spots in, like, the – like, I guess the good, like, uh, begin be, beginning of the season tournaments. I know uh, New Mexico State was in, like, the Myrtle Beach Invitational last year, um, and then Western Kentucky also, too, was in – they were in Holiday Hoops Giving last year, and I think they are in a pretty good one this year as well as well as like the Asheville championship last year. So they get good tournament spots, good opportunities to get a neutral site court to, to play a a big 10 sec, you know, a power conference, even though it's like not, I guess a major conference, I should say major conference school on a neutral court away from their home court and come away with the win. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's just hard to see like a Kennesaw state in the same position or like, you know, Liberty's on the rise too, but I, I don't think they've reached that status of like being, a uh, sort of headliner in a in a beginning of the season tourney where they can steal a win from those schools. Yeah, you know those those early season tournaments they're they're really fun to watch, especially for for you know the mid majors. You know that's where you kind of make your statement. Hey, you're going to take down maybe a, a Michigan State or you're going to take down maybe somebody from the ACC, a Clemson, you know one of those teams who's kind of not subpar but just mediocre in their conference. That that boosts your your net breaking and your RPI and stuff like that. So. uh you know, obviously those teams have the brand name to go out and maybe go to the, the Myrtle Beach Club, like you said, or, you know, the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii. UTEP competed in that a couple years ago. So, yeah, you know, the new conference USA, obviously it has Kansas State and Jacksonville State. They're not really the biggest brands, but it also has UTEP or, you know, NMSU, Western Kentucky. Those are those are not huge brands, but for the conference, they're, they're some of the top brands in, in Conference USA. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, as sad as it seems, Kennesaw State is having their best season in a while. Liberty's doing great. Jacksonville State went to the went to the tournament last year. But uh, you know, it's like the name brands to get those spots in those in those tournaments and get RPI boosting wins. You know, they get they get schools close mid majors close to the bubble. So yeah. No, go ahead. No, 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 you're right. Like, you know, conference USA. You know, the new conference USA, as as good as the teams are going to be on paper and in general, as good as they're going to be, it, just, it doesn't have enough respect to even, you know, sniff a two-bit league, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I hope that changes, but at the moment, it looks to be the truth. So, um, yeah, I that's all I have. Zay, um, do you have anything final to add, anything to promote uh, before I sign off? Um, Not really, man. Just, you know, hopefully, hopefully. UTEP to the Mountain West becomes a reality. That that's the dream for all UTEP fans. You know, they they'll say they love Conference USA, but I mean, they they just you know, UTEP doesn't belong in this conference. It just doesn't make any sense uh, outside of NMSU. Uh, it'd be great, you know, it'd be great for me to experience for anybody to experience, you know, maybe a night in or week in and week out. You know, the symbol packing in thirty five thousand like it used to in the old whack days and you know, those those Mike Price those Mike Price years. So. We'll see what happens. You know, we're obviously a lot of UTEP fans. We're rooting for San Diego State to get into to the Pac-12, and we'll see. We'll let we'll let everything else uh, play out. Yeah, I mean, we'll see those dominoes fall for sure. I mean, uh, I guess uh, as much as 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 tiring as realignment is, you know, I mean, it's always entertaining and intriguing to see like where the dominoes fall. So um, that's that's all I got to say. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, really excited to talk more UTEP topics in the future with you. 
And uh, until next time, everyone, peace, love, and soul.